Bank of America Practice Solutions is leading the way into 2021. From the award-winning digital banking application and platform to the business-focused lending and cash flow savings promotions, they are a proud sponsor of the South Florida District Dental Association and happy to provide their skills and services to the dental industry. They focus on first-time practice startups and acquisitions, established practice remodels, expansion, debt refinances, even commercial real estate. Visit Bank of America Practice Solutions to see which program is right for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ain't That the Tooth, a podcast by the South Florida District Dental Association, where we take you into the lives of our members and their perspective on all kinds of topics in and out of dentistry. I am your host, Yolanda Marrero, and today's topic deals with finding the value in being a member of the American Dental Association. Our guests are Dr. Oscar Peguero, who currently serves as the immediate past president of the South Florida District Dental Association, and Dr. Michael Egnatz, who is a past president of the South Florida District Dental and Florida Dental Associations. Welcome. Let's talk about your experience, Dr. Peguero, as a member of the American Dental Association. What has been the aspects that you enjoy the most? You know, I would say uh, there's a few aspects that have been most important to me. You know, off the bat, uh, getting down here, not really knowing anybody, having studied up in Boston, just the, the relationships that I built through initially the Miami Dade Dental Society and then eventually the FDA and, and those that I've met, you know, kind of across the country uh, that are members of the ADA as well. You know, those relationships have really guided me a lot. I've, I've met a lot of people that you know, are just inspiring in, in, in what they do, how much they give back, just the, the leaders in our community. And it, it's molded a lot of what I do and, and kind of why I, I am a member of the ADA and continue to do so. But I would say, you know, outside of the, the, the CE and all that stuff that we, you know, are all benefit from, probably one of the, the bigger things more recently, obviously, is, you know, all the benefits that, that have come, you know, with, with the pandemic and, and you know, that's a weird kind of thing to, to put together, right? You know, the benefits of a pandemic, but, but in a sense, it's really made me value my ADA uh, membership because of all that information that was out there, you know, initially with the PPP loans and the IDO loans and just the constant webinars on what the timing of how we should be doing, what we should be doing. I mean, I found myself on a lot of different conversations with people in different fields, bankers, trying to figure out the ins and outs of PPP loans. And it just always felt like we were three to five steps ahead of them. You know, we knew more information than, than, than they had. And a lot of that really, you know, is due to, to, to the ADA and, and just how on the front lines they were for us battling, you know, trying to get, make sure that dentistry was acknowledged and, and recognized as a frontline profession while we were, you know, going through this challenge center. So. For, for me, I mean, those are two things that really stand out most recently, but um, I mean, there's a multitude of other things that can go on for days, I'm sure. Sure, absolutely. No, I, I could not agree with uh, Dr. Bagari anymore. This, I, I try to look for the uh, silver linings of the uh, 
of this this COVID experience. And uh, one of the great silver linings is really the relationships that we have. And I'm talking uh, multi-generational relationships uh, professionally, which I felt we already had, but it just crystallized and made them stronger, particularly locally. But I was uh, I had access, fortunately, because of um, running our candidate to the highest levels of the ADA, and I could see and hear what they were doing lobbying-wise, not only clinically, but financially. I am involved in, with, with talking to a lot of people across the country who are leaders in all kinds of industries, and nobody knew more than what the ADA knew along with the American Academy of Dental CPAs. So they had the dental CPAs who are top-notch, who are there from an accounting standpoint and asking very particular questions, and it really showed just how effective lobbying for the, the ADA lobbying was on a national basis and how effective. We've heard it, but here it was in action completely in real time, and it was changing constantly. But I always knew that we knew a little bit more than everybody else because nobody else knew more than us, and that is happening right now as we speak. You would say then that a benefit of being a member was being able to get all of this information all of the detail in real time as it was happening directly. Absolutely. And and I, I did not, re- it was such a great example. We've always known that kind of and been told that, but boy, did this crystallize it for us. And at least for me, I don't know of anybody who knew any more than we knew at the time, even though it was constantly changing. So what a great member benefit. That's both intangible and tangible. And those are clinical benefits as well as financial benefits. And you need both of those to run a practice or even try to figure out how you're going to plan to run a practice. Uh, how are you going to treat your patients? How are, what is your HR requirements for your as an employer? What is the government going to require of you? What does it mean? And to have a direct link to the American Academy of Dental uh, CPAs that the ADA was, was partnering with was fantastic. I got to hear from the president of the CPA group who was talking to me as a dentist on our level, telling us what we should be asking our CPAs. So when I talked to my CPA, I was telling him what I was hearing. And uh, I, I thought that it made me look a lot smarter than I really am, but it was great because at least I had some idea. To not have that would be so lonely. And dentistry would be lonely anyways, even if we didn't have this pandemic, and not being a member. But this really, just if this doesn't show you the value of membership, then I'm not sure what can no, I mean, I completely agree. I, I remember I mean, the first week or so after, you know, the shutdown being on at least two of those podcasts or, or webinars from the, the dental CPA president, I think, Mr. Levin. But it, it, we were ahead. We knew exactly when the applications were changing for the idle loan. We knew, you know, the details of which loans we should be applying for, how, how they, the, the ins and outs of whether independent contractors, Qualified, all those types of things that, like I, you know, I mentioned before, we were, I was on a call, several calls afterwards with different study clubs that I'm in with bankers and stuff that would come on and, you know, purport to, to kind of know the details and tell us. And, and, you know, we were by far, you know, just ahead, ahead of the game in terms of like all the details. You mentioned in Dennis, you're in an island. You get blinders, you know, we're working day to day and it's a grind, you know, and, and you're, go to the office, come back and go to family and you, you tend to forget what, like how much the ADA is doing for you on a day to day that you don't even need to think about. Something like this at first off, you know, you have the shutdown, so it gives you time to think and actually appreciate. But secondly, 
something that's so challenging, it really highlights, you know, just how important it is to have somebody fighting for you like every day at the national level, at the state level, at the local level. It's just a huge, huge benefit. I'm curious to know now that we are hoping to be at a turning point with the pandemic. And we're looking at a very different future than what we had before. How would you say that your state and local organizations, in our case, Florida Dental and South Florida District, handled this information? And how do you think it's going to look forward in the, in the future? Well, you know, I, I think that was handled tremendously, you know, first and foremost. We were getting almost daily emails from our local offices, from the FDA, you know, constant updates. We, we had very early access to the return to clinical practice checklist. That was a huge help in terms of kind of navigating this new normal. The fact that, you know, the, the ADA has kind of been out there fighting for us to get access to PPEs, some of these things that... I do believe that, you know, there's some changes that, that will be permanent moving forward. The type of PPE that we use, you know, the way that we schedule patients, the amount of crossover of patients in the waiting room and things like that will definitely change moving forward. And, and I, I do believe in many ways it's probably a good thing. Um, it kind of brings it back to the basics of treating individuals and, and you know, kind of the Hippocratic Oath in that sense. But... I do believe that what the, you know, our, our local, you know, component and, and what the state was doing for us really kind of guided us, allowed us to, to be ready for those changes, you know, because it, it was really an unknown for a lot of us. Sure. Well, there's, there's no question that, that what Oscar is saying is, is true. And I, I kind of go back philosophically of why to be a member. I've always wanted to, even, uh, even as a student, I wanted to kind of know what was going on, whether it was in my school. I mean, that's why I joined leadership in school. And it was, I, of course, I was going to do that when I got out because I wanted to know what, what was going on in my, in my profession and when was it going on? Because the other choice is not to know. And it doesn't make sense to me to work so hard for four years in college, four years in dental school, go to specialty school, residency, get your boards, and this is your career and you're, you don't have the pulse of what your industry is. To me, that doesn't make any rational philosophical sense. And so just philosophically, that's why I, I not only am a member, but I wanted to be in leadership to kind of know what was going on. And I enjoy meeting people who I think are, are top in their field. So that, that was just philosophically. But to bring it to today, and remember, I went to school when AIDS, we were having the AIDS crisis, and that was a lethal disease. And I was in school treating some of the people who were directly involved. I was in the projects in Baltimore. And uh, doing oral surgery. And uh, you want to talk about scary time. That was a permanent shift where dentistry was on the front lines and went to universal precautions. And you couldn't get gloves because they didn't make gloves other than for surgery. And uh, then our, we used to wash the gloves. Mm-hmm. Um, by today's standard, that's obviously not good, but that's all we had. And so for, fast forward 30 years or more, and here we are with this. We didn't know just how prepared we were, but we are the most prepared profession on an everyday basis, more than any other, unless you're going into surgery in the hospital. And as you know now, as we know do know, do know now, that there's been no transmission that we can track between dentists and a patient and vice versa in the office. And so and I think that's because of our universal precautions, and I think Dr. Prepare is right. We're going to wind up with a, a new standard, and I think that's another silver lining for the profession. It, it shows that what we do works, and 
We're listening to science. And we have our own science institute at the ADA. We have our own council on science. And we are heavily evaluating science-based information, data. And and it has worked. And I think, uh, why would you not want to know that? No matter where you're practicing in dentistry, why would you not want to have access to that information? Because the world is moving fast, and you want to be on top of things. It's interesting that you, you would bring the fact of knowing, having that information at hand. I've talked to a few of our members who have told me that they have colleagues that may not be holding membership in the ADA come and ask them what's going on, what's happening. Why? Because they're not getting this information immediately like our membership is. So when having heard what you said, my question to you is how do you feel about these people who say, well, I'm, I don't need to be a member. I'm going to get the benefit anyway. I would say, look at your patients. They don't know what they don't know. Nobody knows what they don't know. If you want to be at the top of your profession or you want to, I can't see how you can do that and not be involved. And that doesn't mean you have to be the president of an organization. It doesn't mean that you have to be so at the top of the political institutions that we have. But you don't have to. There's there's places you can get. You can, if you're interested in science and research, there's a place for you there. If you're interested in testing and licensing, there's a place for you there. There's a place for you to do something, no matter what you're interested in. But if you have an interest, you should contribute to your profession, and you'd be surprised at how much you'll get back. And that's what you don't know. You don't know. Besides the personal relationships, which I find fantastically invigorating. Because I would not have met these people otherwise and had the relationships that I have. But beyond that, there are clinical and financial implications that are going to make your practice so more enjoyable if, if you have this information. And remember, your staff's looking to you. I just had a staff member yesterday whose husband's really sick with this COVID. Said, thank God that six months ago or more when we came back, that we sat down as an office and said, this is how we're going, our protocol will be to treat patients. This is what we're going to say. Stay in your car and do this and take the temperatures. It, it, it was a lot of great information, but where did I get it? Well, I got it from the ADA and the FDA. I happened to be on the council membership at the, at the ADA, but I was getting all this stuff through our members. And, it, and, I, and try to put a, a, a value on that, a numerical value on that. What is that worth? To have your staff say, thank God we did that. Because we have now protected ourselves, and we have protocols as we're getting a second rise now, again, across the country, and it's going to come to Florida. We have something in place. So I look like a leader to my staff, which I should. Yeah, yeah Mike, I couldn't agree more. You know, one of the things that I mentioned earlier, the, the return to practice checklist workflow uh, guideline that the ADA put out, that was our Bible, you know, as, as we were kind of navigating this early on and, and kind of setting our protocols as we came back. And I'm sure based on what you're telling me, you've probably had the experience that we've had where we've had so many patients just stop on the way out and, and just express their appreciation for the protocols that we've put in place, you know, how safe they felt at the office, how, you know, how it's been different than any experience they've had in any other office or setting that they've walked into. And all that information, you know, has, has been kind of, hand-fed to us by the ADA. I mean, it makes it that much easier. And I think, like you said, I mean, you really don't know what you don't know. 
you know, it's it's so so easy to take a lot of this information for granted because you can just reach out to a friend or you know text a buddy that that maybe is involved. But you know, to those people that that take that for granted, I would say pay it forward. It's important to to really contribute to the people that are helping you on a day to day. And you may not necessarily appreciate it, but now that we have the time, it's nice to reflect and say, you know what? They were there for us. A hundred percent. You know, they had our back. At this moment, we'll, we'll take a quick break. So stay tuned. Don't go away too far. Performance meets ergonomic design for uncompromised scanning in CareStream Dental's newest intraoral scanner, the CS3700. The new design of the scanner centers around doctors' needs and preferences with customer-centric workflows. Smart shade matching, high-speed scanning and processing, and touchscreen capabilities. Visit carestreamdental.com forward slash CS3700 for more information. Dental Broker of Florida is supporting the dental industry in the post-pandemic situation, offering many tools on their website for your convenience. They also have their customary services available, including portfolio of dental offices for sale, practice assessment of value, and help in finding associates and staff for your practice. Visit DentalBrokerFlorida.com for more detail. Okay, we're back with uh, Dr. Oscar Peguero and Dr. Michael Egnaps, and we're talking today about the value of membership in the American Dental Association. You know, like I mentioned before, one, one of the, outside of everything that we've been talking about, you know, the benefits that, that have kind of shown through during the pandemic, one of the things that for me stands out is just the amount of educational resources that are available to us, you know, the the CE meetings that we constantly have, whether, you know, it's digital based now versus in-person meetings a year ago or whatnot, it just forces you to stay on top of your clinical game, your professional game. And I think that's just a, a big plus. Like, you know, as we get older, the world keeps moving. You know, I think you mentioned this earlier, you know, mm-hmm. keep the, things keep, keep moving forward. You know, we can't rely on what we learned in dental school because the truth is, you know, it's ever changing. I think having that constant tie to an educational resource that's at the, the forefront of evidence-based dentistry and, and kind of listening to the science, like you mentioned earlier, is, is, is a huge benefit for me. It, it, you know, keeps me on my toes and makes sure that I'm staying abreast of changes, but you know, in the end, that what that comes, what that boils down to, really, is a benefit to our patients and to the greater public as a whole. You know, we we want to put forth, you know, our best effort as a profession, and I think 
the, that access to you know the informational resources that we can get uh, through the ADA membership and FDA membership is a, is a huge plus for me. Absolutely, and you know, let's not forget this is a team sport. Nobody does this alone. And if you try to do it alone, it really is not that much fun. When you're providing good treatment, particularly interdisciplinary treatment, but look at if if dentistry does not do things the right way, dentistry loses. And if dentistry does things the right way, dentistry wins, but the patients win. So why not try to do that? And everyone's got a role to play. And uh, if you want to be successful, it's it's no different than, than a football team. It kind of takes everybody in their role to do that. And every role is important. We live in a society, particularly in this country, um, not to belabor you know, politics, but we need to have advocacy because we are one of many you know, professions, one of many groups, cohorts that need to have attention. And um, and if you're a politician, you want you want to see representation. And in our country, that works on um, financial representation and also having numbers. And so you need to have, if you want to be included, and again, I'll go back to this crystallized it when we lobbied to be an essential healthcare service. We had our president. And I was listening to him I because I, I know him. And he was saying, I represent 180,000 dentists. You're talking about Dr. Gehani. Dr. Chad Gehani. Dr. Chad Gehani. Along with the entire ADA staff and Mike Grant, who's our ADA lobbyist, who meets with the chief of staff of both the Republican and, and you know, Nancy Pelosi and Senator McConnell. And whatever side you're on, he's meeting with their chief of staffs saying, listen, this is what the dental profession needs. And Dr. Kahani was telling how do you think we became, we didn't become an essential healthcare, become an essential healthcare provider because uh, we didn't say anything. And out of that, the PPE, the PP from the Homeland Security, if y'all remember where we were, we, Homeland Security had every mask in the country. States were fighting for that. And we were no part of that until we lobbied for it. Well, that lobbying was based on relationships, long-term relationships, and giving money to the different candidates over the years on both sides. And so without those relationships, you can't have advocacy. And that's how our system in this country works. And in fact, it worked extremely well for us. And I'm proud. I'm very proud of the ADA of, of what they did. And some people criticized Dr. Kahani for shutting down. And I can tell you, I spoke to him personally. He said, if I knew then, if I knew now what I knew then, that's what he wrote, then maybe I wouldn't, but I didn't know what I knew now. And nobody knew. In the beginning, he sided on the side of safety because we didn't know. Now, we didn't know what aerosols were going to do. We didn't know if we were going to be a vector. And guess who has all the aerosol science now? It's dentistry. There was no aerosol science in dentistry at all. There was very little in medicine. Now we know that it's not a problem. But at the time, eight months ago, we thought maybe we were going to change for good. I said, you know, you can't forget where we've been and how far we have come in a very short time. And no one's been on top of this in dentistry. Again, both clinically, advocacy-wise, and financially. And that is still coming now as we're changing administrations. With The banks don't even know what to do as far as forgiveness. The Congress has not settled on, on you know, new legislation. So there's still a lot in the air, but we still have those relationships. We have advocacy, and that takes numbers. That takes members. Contrast that with our colleagues at the EMA. When they speak, no one really listens to them because they don't have the numbers that we have, and they don't have the relationships that we have. And But that takes time, money, and effort. And when you need it, 
It's like a seatbelt. It's too late to put on your seatbelt when you're in a crash. You need that seatbelt on beforehand. And that's kind of what advocacy, you know, is. And that takes everybody. I think that one thing I'd love for our listeners to understand about the advocacy is that we definitely know it's not sexy, but it is so necessary. And it is something that counts through our grassroots members more so than our leadership. And I, and then what, and I'm discussing numbers now. We're not, obviously we have a lot more grassroots members than we have people involved in leadership. But when, when I hear from someone, no, I'm not going to renew my membership and, or I'm not interested in becoming a member. That's when I, I realized your, your membership counts for us as a voice in government. You need to become a member. I mean, there is no reason why not to, especially if you have, like you mentioned, Dr. Agnats, the amount of time that was put into your profession to get to where you are. Why would you not spend the money to be a member? It's, it's a fraction of what uh, you would spend on anything else that is not going to provide you these same benefits. And if you look at it just from uh, just a financial standpoint, forget the intangible benefits which we've been discussing, the relationships and all the things that we get. But let's put that aside for a moment. And you look at just, is it going to be worth, let's say, $1,200 for my my national and state and, and tripartite dues? And you, if you think that's a lot of money, that's 100 bucks a month. Well, I can tell you in my little office, I make, I save that money every month just buying supplies that I have to buy anyways just on my little office. And I'm a one-man office. So I'm saving that amount every month. So I don't see how that could not be worth it just from the financial standpoint. Forget all the other benefits that are somewhat intangible. So you're saving that money based on a benefit that's provided by the Florida Dental, by the Florida Dental, Florida Dental Association. Florida Dental Association. Buying, uh, buying my, my supplies that I have to buy anyways buying my office liability insurance so if someone trips and falls, my malpractice insurance, which I need anyways. So these are things that I would need anyways. I get them, listen to this deal. Not only do I get them at a discounted deal by buying from the Ford Dental Association, but the money goes back into keeping my dues low because the Ford Dental Association turns around and writes over a million-dollar check, their, their insurance or for-profit arm, back to the FDA to keep our numbers low for uh, for membership. So everybody wins. You need to buy this stuff anyways. And they're, they're going to do whatever's in the interest of dentistry and Florida dentistry in particular to help you out. And they have products, for instance, like cybersecurity now or the um, uh, encrypted, you know, encryption that you need to send emails and radiographs and, and patient information. All that stuff, you have to go do it with somebody. Why wouldn't you do it with your dental association? And if there's a problem, they're going to say they're going to customize it to dentistry. And they're going to listen to you. So everybody, there is no downside that I can see in doing that. So uh, I don't know about you, Oscar, but I mean, no, you know, I, mean I, look, I completely agree. You know, thinking about, you know, we were talking a lot about grassroots members. This is one of those things where, you know, first off, the market share is important because we present a unified front when we're, you know, communicating with the powers that be, quote unquote. And, and you mentioned the AMA. I mean, when you look at market share of the ADA in terms of, you know, how many dentists are members of the ADA versus the AMA, it, it's it's very clear why you know we're able to get our message across and 
and why the ADA is able to lobby on our behalf and get a lot of these benefits that we've been talking about today. But then you, 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 you think about, you know, what would, what would it be if we had everybody join? I mean, those fees would be that much lower. You know, the money back to the states to lower our insurance rates would be that much lower. Our, our bargaining power, our power in terms of trying to get legislation that's beneficial to our profession would be that much greater. So, you know, it's one of these things where it's easy to kind of get cynical and say, well, you know, I'm just one person and what difference do I make? But, you know, if, if we kind of all looked at it, I mean, we, we recently had an election, you know, it's important that you get your voice out there. It's important that you're heard. And in dentistry, it, like you mentioned, it's such an island. I mean, so many of us are solo practitioners or it's, you know, us and one other person. And this is our way to do that, you know, and, and, and the dues that we pay a hundred dollars a month is a small price to pay to, to have that kind of network across the country, you know, across the state, locally, you know, all those types of things. So it's, it's, and, I, and I would say to the people, speaking of people at my age, being in practice, you know, 33 years, I can tell you it's never been more important, but at every point in your career, you are going to have this fight. This is the pandemic this year. In two years, it'll be something else. In five years, it'll be something else. When I got out of school, it was something. It's, it's a constant fight. And that's the nature of our world. And it's only accelerating at an ever-increasing rate. So if you're 35 and you think you know everything there is to know, Clinton, you're on the top of your game. Guess what? In about four or five years, that's all going to change. Um, politically, it's going to change. Uh, you know, politically, politically, economically. It's all, it's constantly changing, which is why you need to have people to grab onto, hopefully your professional association to help you because it's all of it. There is no, I'll just do clinical, I'll, I'll just do financial. You need to know anything to be successful financially, clinically, and with your family. And so the association is a little cushion for you. So yes, this year's the pandemic we're focusing on, but this has been going on nonstop. And you are always going to need it. And if you think you know everything now, and you may just be a few years out of school on the top of your game, but guess what? Software is going to change. Hardware is going to change. Clinical techniques is going to change. Every specialty has gone through a change over the last 25 years. And if, if we don't control it, somebody else will. And I'd rather be more in control of our profession because nobody knows more about dentistry than us. And I fervently believe nobody knows more about what's best for the public in dentistry than the American Dental Association. And they should. They should be the experts. And so, just like the CDC should be the experts in public health, we should be listening to the CDC. That's what these people spend their life doing. And so, that's what I, what I, I and I think if the ADA and the FDA are the experts and the dentists are the experts, why we would not want to shape our own future. And if you don't think it's important, look at your colleagues in the medical profession who did not do that. And for 40 years, they've been losing, losing, losing. And many of them say they would never do it again. And it's not because they're not good doctors. they got the same technology. They just have a lot of bureaucracy. And now they can't turn it around. So if that makes sense. It does. You know, my wife and I always say it's funny. You know, life knowledge is kind of like a graph. Start, you start super high. You think you know everything when you graduate from school, especially us being super type A. Kind mm-hmm. of, you know, that, that type of person. And then... As you get a little bit older and you kind of hit your mid-30s, you mentioned like age 35, you start to realize, wait a second, I don't know that much. And then you kind of start coming back up as your experience grows. And 
part of it's not just clinical knowledge. It's it's knowledge of what benefits, what's important in life, what makes you or what makes us, you know, what allows us to kind of live the life that we want to lead as dentists and practice the way that we want to practice. And a lot of that goes back to advocacy. And again, you know, we can, it's, it's things we take for granted because they're, they're really intangible, but you know, they're constantly on the front lines for us. And, and I will say one thing about that, that whatever's been done in the past with leadership and advocacy and the relationships with legislatures, legislators, they get older and retire, and so do our leaders. So how do we replace those leaders? Because the leaders that I came into when I was at your age, they're gone. They're retired or they're gone from this earth. So who's replacing them? And one of those was my grandfather. Another one was my father. I felt an obligation. Well, why wouldn't I do that? That's something you do. And I respect the people who spend the time doing that. But someone's going to have to replace me. And who's going to replace me? It's got to be other people or you're giving your profession away. The things that I fought for and my father fought for and my grandfather, it's kind of the same fights. They're all just coming back again. If you look at world history, it's, it's, it's like world wars. Everyone's fighting for, for different things. If you don't learn from history, then you're going to repeat it. I, that's, you asked the question, why do we need members? Why do we need people involved? Because there's a threshold where if you don't replace the people who are leaders who are leading the profession, which is happening right now in an unprecedented way because of this situation we're in, it, it is unprecedented right now that the, the volume of people that are leaving who are on the cusp of leaving and they've decided to leave, that we have young people fill those roles. Unfortunately, here in South Florida, we have people who are mentoring them and we have bright young people. But we need to continue to fill that gap because uh, if not, you're giving your profession away. The people have the most to lose are the younger people. And, so, and, and you mentioned a lot about politics. And one of my favorite sayings like the, the ADA and the FDA say is that this is, you know, politics aside, this is the tooth party. This true. has nothing to do with whether you're Republican, Democrat, liberal, libertarian, whatever it is. You know, the, the interests and, and the goals of the ADA and you know, the FDA are to promote our profession. And it's important for us. To, to continue to kind of fight that fight, as we mentioned. I mean, we, locally, I've seen a lot of our older referring dentists just have not come back to practice, and they've just decided against it. And like you said, I mean, I'm sure that's happening at alarming rates across the country as a whole. Mm-hmm. And so it's important you know, to be involved, to, to follow in those footsteps, because, again, you know, it, it, it's, it's easy to kind of forget just how much benefit it, it does provide. You need institutional memory. And, the, and there's a lot of things, not that we've been perfect. There's plenty of things we've done wrong. But boy, there's plenty of things we've done right. And there's plenty of things we've learned from. The institutional memory that people take for granted that won't be here in 10 or 15 years if people like yourself don't learn some of the lessons that we had to, to, to make. And again, some things we did well, some things not so well. But you should know both of those. And you're right. It's a tooth part. The one thing everyone has in common is we're all dentists, and I was fortunate, and I'll, I'll plug uh, South Florida here a little bit, and myself, that I had a front row seat to who is currently now our president-elect, and listening to him talk around the country, I got to really hear what people, we have so much more that we are concerned about than we are different. There's so much more we're like, and we're all concerned about the same thing. He was able to articulate that back, and to hear him say he's so proud to be a member of the ADA and the FDA. And, and here in South Florida, are we perfect? No. But life without us, w- without these organizations, would just be miserable. 
and you wouldn't know it until you missed it. But then it's too late. It was wonderful to see the people around the country thanking him. And it really was a little trip. We were supposed to do it in person, but we did it by Zoom. And uh, it was wonderful to hear him talk about it. He's so knowledgeable. He was also articulate. And people were so thankful because it was a lonely, scary time. So we got a chance to see that in person. And again, what really hit was his relationships over the years that he had built. And people knew him. And it was people were at times in tears listening to him. That shows how social we are and how much we really need each other. And I felt it was very touching. It was uh, very rewarding to do that. But uh, to able to hear at the highest levels this this unprecedented thing we're going through and how it's been dealt with, it's it's all people. It's all people. Well, I hope that everyone out there listening, the takeaway here is that the organizations, the American Dental, the Florida Dental, and the local components are really here to be extensions to you. We work for you. They work for you. They provide services, but they do what you can't do. Not because you aren't smart enough to do it, but you don't have the time and the energy to take that on as well. So I hope that what people get from this is that even if you are just going to write a check and be a member or take uh, advantage of any of the uh, payment options that exist, that you do so, that you become a member of the American Dental Association through your local, state, and component organizations, and that you participate if you are willing in leadership, but not necessarily do you have to. So I appreciate that you both came out here to talk to us about this. If you have any closing remarks, I'd love to hear them. Well, I will tell you, um, again, being a, a little bit of an older dentist, that my life has uh, my life has, has been around my profession. I've uh, made social friends around my profession, but the relationships that I have, I would never have had, Oscar included, had I not been involved with dentistry because that's how we met. I would have never met him. I'm a better person because of him, and uh, he may not feel the same way about me. But <laughs> but and there's plenty of those Oscars around. There's even Oscar Meyer. No, I don't say so. It was my grandfather's in the garage. Yes, in the garage. But I got to tell you, it's it, it was so rewarding what we did this year because I saw the different layers of leadership locally, statewide, and nationally. We all came together. And yes, we, we, we won an election. That was great. But really what was so rewarding was the relationships that I saw person that we had personally, along with our wonderful staff that was unbelievable, it was a little family, but really I saw that family on a national level. And because Caesar has that relationship on national and what people mean to each other. And we're much more social than we ever thought we were with all the technology that we think we have. And listen, we're all going through this together. And so, you know, why not help each other and help our patients? And so I, I, I am so happy. And, and what I've gotten back from being involved is so much more than I've given in. And, and I feel very, very fortunate. And looking back on my career, because I am at that point now, I am really happy that I gave up some of the time and effort I did because I've gotten back so much more than the people I never would have met. And so I'm very thankful. Yeah, and, and outside of echoing your statements, because, I mean, to, to me, the, the relationships that I've built along the way, um, you know, again, having gotten down here, not really knowing anybody to... You know, meeting not only people in my specialty, which is endodontics uh, across the, the, the Tri-County area, 
but just you know the relationships that we've built you know with with you mike with uh richard Mobson, you know just mm-hmm. a lot of great local leaders that you know inspire you to become a, a better dentist but you know one of one of Outside of all of that, you know, one of the benefits, I, I think, and one of the beauties of, of a democracy is that as a people, you have the ability to speak truth to power, right? And as dentists, you know, we have that ability to, to, to influence legislation. You know, these things aren't just thrown at us. And being an ADA member is one of the only ways and the best ways that we can actually affect that change. And so... You know, it's just, it, it, it's a, a true, you know, benefit for me. Uh, you know, I couldn't be prouder to be a member. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Peguero, Dr. Oscar Peguero, for being here with us today. My Dr. Pleasure. Michael Agnantz, thank you for giving us your time. Um, we are in renewal period for the American Dental Association membership. So please renew if you haven't done so. And Let somebody else know that may not be a member how wonderful it is to be part of this organization and have them join too. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Ain't That the Tooth is produced by the SFDDA and directed and edited by Victoria Marrero. Our theme music was written and performed by our very own Dr. Richard Mufson. We'd also like to thank our sponsors, Bank of America Practice Solutions, CareStream Dental, Dental Broker of Florida, and Florida Dental Association Services for making this production possible. We'd love to hear from you whether you have questions or comments. Contact us through our website at www.sfdda.org.